podcast, same person as always. We have a lot to talk about today. Some life life updates, very random things, talk about 4th July weekend. Um, I wish I could hear about your guys' weekends. I, I need to know about your weekends, but yeah, a lot to talk about and today's episode's topic is different, I feel like, than normal. I haven't really done any business-focused podcasts. Um, obviously, I talked business with Mel when she was on here and Winter, but I feel like I haven't given any, like, I don't know. I haven't really talked much in depth about photography and wedding photography, so I'm going to start doing some more like business-focused podcasts or things to help potential clients, things to help other photographers, stuff like that. Just trying to keep branching out, trying new topics um, for episodes to figure out what I like, figure out what you guys like, and yeah, kind of go from there. So today's episode is going to be about how to choose your wedding photographer, so if you are a potential client or someone who is just interested in wondering how to choose the right photographer, even if you're not engaged yet or whatever, um, I feel like it would still be a good listen. Plus, you know, I'm going to talk about my life for a while, so that's always fun to listen to, right? I wish you guys, I wish you guys could just cheer me on and be like, yeah, we love, we love hearing about your life, Morgan. We love it. I just, I need, some days I need the reassurance, okay? I'm feeling, feeling kind of tired today, but anyway, first thing I need to tell you guys about. Okay. So yesterday was Tuesday. So AKA it was July 5th. So the day after 4th July. For context, I'm going to dive more into my weekend in a minute, but I was, I've just been gone so much the last few weeks. I mean, I had those three weddings in a row. This weekend I was gone for the 4th July weekend. I was also drinking all weekend. Like basically I just haven't had groceries in like weeks. Like I haven't actually gone grocery shopping. And if you know me, you know that I love to cook. I love my, I love to go grocery shopping. Like going grocery shopping on Sunday and cleaning my apartment is like the highlight of my week most weeks. Like I love to do that. Like kind of have a reset and I just haven't done that in so long. So long as in a couple weeks, but I feel like that gets me so out of whack, you know? So I just have not had groceries and I really needed to get groceries this week, but I drank all day Monday, fell asleep at like 7 p.m. No, came home at like 7 p.m., fell asleep, I think actually at like 8 or something, or like 7. I took a little nap and then woke up and then went back to sleep at like 10.30 or 11 or something. So I did not get like any sleep all weekend, didn't do anything Monday. Then yesterday I worked from my couch the entire day, so I was just not feeling like doing anything. But yesterday night I was finally like, I need dinner so bad. Every restaurant is so busy because it was like 8 o'clock because I went to the beach after working all day. I went and sat at the beach for a little bit and then I was like, I'm going to go out and take myself out to dinner. Literally every restaurant was so fucking packed and I was just like, I am not waiting in line. The one that I wanted to go to, there was a line out the door and I was like, I'm not going there. And then nowhere else really sounded that good. So I was like, fuck it, I need to go get groceries. So for context, there we go. I needed to go get groceries, but I did not actually want to get groceries. So I was like, I'm just going to go grab something to eat. Well, then I like made it to Meijer and I was like, fuck, if I'm already here, I might as well get my groceries for the week. But when I go grocery shopping, I like to be like fully prepared. I like to have a list. I like to have a list of my ingredients, a list of what I'm planning to make for the week. Like I don't like things to go to waste. I like to be very organized. And I was the opposite of that. I was hungry. I was starving. And I don't like to eat or I don't like to go grocery shopping when I'm so hungry because then I end up buying like way too many things that I don't need. But yeah, 
went to the went to Meyer and was shopping <laughs> this weekend when I was at my friend's cottage. The her parents had made cowboy caviar and I keep seeing Bria Lem on TikTok. She started like this whole trend of everyone making cowboy caviar, which I'm obsessed with her. If you don't watch her videos, go watch them. And I was like, you know what? I actually think I want to make some cowboy caviar. Like that sounds kind of good. And like even the meals that I have been eating for the last few weeks have not been like real meals because I haven't gotten real groceries. I've been eating the most random things. Like all last week, all I ate was like boxes of like chicken rice with popcorn chicken and some broccoli. And then I ate that for like three days in a row because I had leftovers. So I just have not eaten like good real meals. And so I'm like, I just, I need to get some food. But I did not feel like making real meals. So I was like, maybe I'll just make cowboy caviar tonight. At this point, by the time I got home, it was like 9 p.m. So I'm like, is this really even smart? I don't know. And on another side note, I had so many, or not groceries, I had so many dishes that I hadn't done in like a week and a half or two weeks. I normally don't leave the apartment for the weekend without cleaning, like doing all my dishes, but literally last weekend I did not do any of them. So my apartment has just been a disaster zone. I did not want to get dishes. I've had, or I did not want to get groceries. I had no motivation to cook. But I ended up getting all this stuff for Cowboy Caviar and then bought a bunch of other just random groceries, restocked up on just random shit for the freezer and the cupboard because I typically like to make very like nice, intricate, homemade meals. And it's just I'm realizing this summer that I just don't have time and motivation to do that. Like if I'm home, I don't really I don't really have time to spend a few hours cooking like I did this winter. So now I just need to like quicker things to make quickly so just bought a bunch of random stuff. Anyway, I get home. I'm making cowboy caviar and I don't like things spicy. So when I was cutting up the jalapeno. I was just avoiding all the seeds. And I remember when I was cutting it. Side note, I, I'm so sorry. I'm all over the place, but I'm realizing that literally six minutes ago, I said, let me give you some context. This is all for like the first story I'm trying to get into. This is the first story I was trying to tell, but I was trying to give you guys background. <laughs> It's taking me six minutes. So sorry about that. Anyway, I go to cut up the jalapeno. I'm avoiding the seeds. And then I waited to cut the jalapeno up last too so that it wasn't like spicy, like nothing hot was on the cutting board. Anyway, I washed my hands uh, and I was like, oh, wouldn't that be funny if I accidentally touched my eyes? I was like, oh my God, no, like I would literally die. Like I cannot touch anything with these like spicy jalapeno fingers. So wash the cutting board, wash my hands, do whatever clean up a little bit. 20 minutes later, I'm sitting on the couch and I typically like touch my eyes too much and just scratch them. And sometimes like the inside the corner of my eye will like burn a little bit, like if I like rub it too much. And so like I like touched my left eye and I was like, oh, God, that kind of burns. And then I was like, uh, it's normal. And then it like kept burning and kept burning. I was like, oh, like that like really burns. I was like, shit, that, that really, really hurts. And then I was like, oh God, my hands. And I was like, oh, do I, do I still have jalapeno on them? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And so I go wash them again. And so then I like, I don't really know what my thought process was here. I literally washed my hands again, but then touched the corner of my eye and it started burning even more. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I literally just washed my hands. Like it's gotta be the jalapeno, but I don't understand how. So I was like starting to freak out. And then I was like, my eyes started to water and I was like, well, but it was just burning on the inside corner still. But I was like, well, I feel like I need to get my contact out. And so I, I scrub my hands one more time, grab my contact really quick the second I touch my contact, burning my entire eye. So, like, my entire eye is, like, starting to, like, go all red, get puffy, so, so painful, burning so bad. I was literally standing in the bathroom, like, trying to, like, rinse it out with water, and it's, like, not doing anything. So, I finally call my sister as my, there, there's just water pouring out of my eyeball, like, tears. And I'm, like, what do I do? And she was, like, there's literally nothing you can do. I mean, like, 
just rinse it, like, try to, like, wash it out with water. I'm like, I'm trying. I was like, is it just gonna stop? I, like, convinced myself that my eye was gonna, like, I don't know, fall out or something. I was being very dramatic, but it literally just hurt so bad. So, I'm sitting there trying to rinse out my eye. It was, it was, it was a mess. Then, <laughs> I take this really embarrassing, stupid video of myself, and I was like, oh, of course this happens to me. And I was, uh, my face is red, my eye is red, swollen, I'm, like, crying out of both eyes now at this point, and it's just the ugliest video of myself taking this video to send to my friends. No, who do I send it to? A guy that I've been Snapchatting. Perfect, Morgan. Perfect. Just who you want to send it to, so I'm immediately like, oh my god, didn't mean to send it to you, and he just said lol, but I'm like, that's, I, I know that it was bad. I didn't even watch the video back, and I know that it was bad. I looked like a disaster, so love that for me. Um, it was just terrible. So I can get in the, finally get in the shower and it's still just burning. So I scrubbed my hands off. I literally threw those contacts out, both of them, because I was just terrified that they were going to be like so fucked up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that is the story of the jalapeno. And that literally took me 10 minutes to get into that story. And I apologize. But yeah. As for the rest of my week, the rest of my week was better. Um, I shot a proposal Friday night. It was the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. Cutest couple, the cutest setup on the beach, or not even on the beach. It was somebody's, like, it was over the wall, overlooking the water at sunset. Perfect timing, but it was, like, on, like, a patio, and there was, like, candles and a little blanket and a setup with a little pillow. So fucking cute. It was literally just awesome, and she was so surprised, and yeah, that was super, super fun. Then I went out that night. That was Friday night. Mind you, I was at home for the weekend, so again, I live in Ludington, but I'm from the tip of the thumb, so I was at home, and I went out in Caseville that night with my friend, and then we ended up spending the whole day on the boat Saturday and Sunday, went out both nights. Basically, I was on like a four-day bender um, of drinking, which I've told you guys before that I kind of stopped drinking all winter, so that was, I've just been, like, working back into drinking, and I feel like I'm going balls to the walls again, <laughs> it's funny because the friend that I was with this weekend, she's somebody that I met in college, and she was, like, when she first met me, when she first met me, it was 2018, which seems, like, crazy that I've known her that long, but we met in 2018 when I dyed my hair blue. I dyed my hair blue the day that I met her, and she always thought the blue-haired Morgan was different than me, and so when she met me again, she didn't, like, when my hair wasn't blue, she didn't know that it's the same person, so it was really, really funny, um, because it's one of my friend's roommates from another college, and so, anyway, it was just funny, because she kept telling me, she's like, we want, like, she's like, I want old Morgan to come out this weekend, like, angry drunk Morgan, crazy drunk Morgan, blah, 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 and I was like, no, no, she doesn't come out anymore, I've been telling her she doesn't come out anymore for, like, two years, <laughs> a year now, whatever, and she came out this weekend, I was very, very drunk, and the funny thing is it takes me like two or three drinks to get drunk. So everybody else is like vibing on two or three drinks and I'm very drunk. But it was a great weekend overall. I had so much fun just hanging out with everybody. So yeah, then had to drive home to Ludington Monday morning, which turned out to be a bit of a disaster because I tried to leave early. Normally it's a four hour drive from my house, like my parents' house to here. But since I was in Caseville, which was like 40 minutes closer. It was only going to be three hours and 20 minutes. So I was like, cool. If I leave by 8.30, that'll be great. I'll get there by noon and then I could get ready pretty quickly and get to the beach. And so everybody was getting to the beach in Ludington. I think like my, my friends got there like 11.30, 12. And I was like, 
just vibing. I've made this drive to Ludington a hundred times. I wasn't really that worried about the GPS. Turned it off. Doing great. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what made me think. I think I was, like, thinking about maybe getting some food. And I was like, let me look up where I'm at. And I opened the map and I was like, uh, wait, what? And then I was like, oh, uh, wait a second. Things don't look familiar here. Mm, I look and end up at the, if you're familiar with Michigan, I don't know. Basically, I was in Claire where I was supposed to, like, keep going west just, like, get on a different road or whatever, or continue on to the road, whatever it says. I instead just didn't do that and went straight north instead. So, at Clara, I was supposed to continue going west, and I went all the way north. So, I went north for, like, 40, 30, 40 minutes, which then added 45 minutes onto my freaking drive. So, I had to go, when I could have just gone straight across the state, I literally went up, over, down, and then back over to the it was a disaster, and so then at that point, like, the time I'm actually trying to rush back, of course, this happens to me, and so I was trying not to get, like, anxious about it, and it's just that I already just, like, have hangover anxiety of from three days of drinking, and then I just wanted to, like, get back and enjoy the beach because I also thought, saw that it was supposed to rain that night, and so anyway, by the time that I got back here, picked up more alcohol, grabbed some food to make some sandwiches, take to the beach with me, did all that, got to the beach, had to walkaways. It was like one o'clock, which was not a big deal. Wait, I'm doing this math so wrong. I was, I was supposed to get here at 11.15. That was what happened. I was supposed to get here at 11.15. Instead, I got here at 12.20. 11.30 and 12.20. Whatever it was. Anyway, I added a lot of time unnecessarily. Didn't make it to the beach till like 1, 1.15 or something like that. So, it was just, it was an interesting, interesting day, but then got had lots of fun at the beach, hung out with everybody, ended up staying even longer till it started to rain, got some, ate a lot of jello shots. It was a great time. Then I came back here, took a shower, fell asleep immediately. And yeah, overall, very, very great weekend. I was originally going to do a patriotic, I don't know, sort of 4th of July episode last week before I did um, my current favorite products episode. But after everything that happened with Roe v. Wade and just so many things happening, I just was not feeling super patriotic and, like, celebratory. So I ended up just doing that, like, super chill episode last week. And then this week I figured I would just recap my weekend. And I don't know if I've really made it clear. I'm not. I don't really like to talk politics. I don't really like to talk. I've always been a very Switzerland neutral type of person. But as for the whole Roe v. Wade situation... I do not support them overturning that. I am very pro-choice and believe that women deserve a right to their body. So, just putting that out there, that's my thoughts. I have, if you want more of my thoughts, you feel free to message me. I have specific personal reasons that I feel that way and it kind of put it into perspective a little bit for me over the last year or two why, why I feel that way. But yeah, those are my feelings. Wasn't feeling super patriotic, so I wouldn't do an actual for the July episode, but still had fun celebrating a weekend off and time with friends this weekend. So, loved that. I feel like that's about all of my updates for the weekend. So, let's dive into this topic. If you don't know this, I am a wedding photographer, full-time, self-employed, love and life, okay? And so, I've been shooting weddings since 2019, which is crazy because this is literally my fourth year of shooting weddings, which does not feel real. But, yeah. 
So I've been doing weddings for quite a while now and feel like I have a pretty good idea of how to choose your wedding photographer, how to plan your wedding. No, okay, maybe not plan, but plan your timeline. Anything from the photography perspective, I feel like I have very good insight on. And so I thought it'd be fun to do a little episode just about how to choose your wedding photographer. And even if it's not just a wedding photographer, even if it's just a couples photographer, a senior photographer, you can take a lot of these tips and put it towards that. But I'm going to say we're going to talk about weddings specifically um, since they're like kind of the biggest thing that people typically book for. And yeah, so to dive in, I guess, like I said, I have a lot of experience with this um, and I've seen people choose photographers that probably are not right for them. Um, I've seen people regret their photography choices. I've seen people be so, so excited about their photographer um, based on a few things and then turns out maybe their communication isn't great or they aren't actually who they say they are. I don't know. So I feel like there's like a lot of ways you can try to combat these issues and really just make sure you're hiring someone worth the money because typically you're spending a good amount of money on your wedding photographer. I mean, I'm not super cheap anymore as a vendor. Like, my prices aren't super cheap. And so I know when people are investing in me, they're investing a lot of their money. And I need to make sure that it's worth it for them as much as it's worth it for me and for both of us. And so, yeah, I guess the number one thing is to decide how important photos are to you. So I heard somebody say one time that if you, when you're planning your wedding, to take all of like the vendors everybody need to hire and put them in an order ranking from like most important to least important and then go from there when you're creating your budget so if venue is super 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 important to you and that's your number one and you're willing to push your budget and spend a lot of money on that then make your venue your number one if your venue is not if you're kind of just like i would way rather spend a ton of money on photography and videography or photography and food or something like that and honestly i don't not super don't really care where we get married as long as we're getting married, then put your venue as number six or something. You know what I'm saying? So just take the time to think about how important photos are to you and where they're at in your list of importance. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Just think about how important they are to you and set in a realistic budget. So if your budget for photos is only $1,000, great. Set that budget and be clear with that budget. When you're reaching out to people, when you are looking at people, be clear about that budget and be realistic. If you are obsessed with these photographers whose budgets is three, four, five thousand dollars, be realistic. Are you actually going to push your budget that far to afford them or no? Like, I don't want, I hope, okay, let me preface this all by saying that I don't want any of this to come off as like stuck up or rude or bitchy. I don't know. I don't want you guys to think that I'm like, you should spend all of your money, you should hire me, you should do whatever. What I'm getting at is that everyone has a different budget. There's a photographer for everyone's budget. You will find someone in your budget if you look right and if you're realistic. And so I'm just, I'm kind of just a blunt person about these kind of things anyway. And so I hope that none of this just comes across in a mean way, but I'm just saying I'd rather just be blunt about it than like beat around the bush, even though I'm doing that too. I don't know. Anyway, be realistic with that budget. Look for people that are within that budget and go from there. Um, I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. But the next thing is to really take a dive into what style of photography you are looking for. So if you find someone that you like, 
or when you're looking at anyone, not even specifically just one photographer, but you're starting to look at photographers, look at their website, look at their Instagram. Are they looking like your style? So typical styles that people talk about are true to life, light and airy, dark and moody, super warm. Or are they somewhere in between all of those? Are they something completely different? Obviously, not every photographer falls into one of those categories. I don't really identify with any of those categories. I would say I'm pretty true to life, but I'm also pretty warm. I'm not normally light and airy, but I can be dark and moody. I tend to edit based on the vibe of the session, the vibe of the couple, the vibe of the location. I take all that into consideration when editing and I edit how it feels right. I kind of go between a few different edits, but in the grand scheme of things, all of my editing and galleries and everything on my Instagram, everything is very consistent still. And so that's why I feel pretty comfortable just not really claiming any of those styles just because I feel like I just edit, I I would say mostly true to life, but also it's pretty warm too. So I don't know. That's the thing is you don't have to have, if you don't know which one of those styles that you like, that's totally fine too. You can look at it more as like their shooting style. So like, do you like very posed photos? Do you like candid photos, documentary style? Do you like them to be very emotional? Do you want your faces showing in every one or do you like a lot of details of little um, quote unquote unimportant things, but that make up the vibe of the day? Start thinking about things like that. And so when you're looking at people's Instagrams and websites, look at how they edit and how they shoot and see if that's something that's you're super into. Personally, I'm not super into very posed, extremely true to life slash bright and airy photos. I think it works really well for some people and it is great for those that love photos like that. I just personally wouldn't hire someone like that just because that's not really my vibe. I would hire someone who's more warm, who is super emotional, who has more of a documentary approach to the day and is being very photojournalistic about it all that's what I'm into and that's kind of how I strive to be as a wedding photographer myself. And so when you're looking at all these and you find some people that you want to start reaching out to, when you reach out to them, ask to see full galleries. So I talked about this on my Instagram stories probably back in like January or something and I kind of, I did this little experiment with myself because if you know Instagram, you know that curating your feed and putting all the work into your Instagram, planning it out to like make sure it all blends together, like it's a whole thing and I find it extremely tiring and obnoxious to try to plan out my feed and make sure it all looks cohesive and all this stuff. So I feel like that's something I've always struggled with in my business is making sure that my feed is like representative of my style and I think that's really hard because like I said, I not every single session is the same depending on the lighting, depending on the location, depending on what people wear, depending on how I edit specifically. Everything is a little bit different and so I just, I've always had a hard time making my feed look super cohesive and how I want and so I did this little experiment. I felt like my feed was looking super dark and moody and I was like, fuck, I just don't feel like this is actually representative of my style but I just like to post the photos that I love and it seems like the photos that I've been loving lately have been like a lot darker and when they're next to a bunch of other darker photos and it makes my whole vibe look super dark and so I was like this is so weird I'm like you know what I'm gonna for the next let's say like 12 photos only post things that are like very bright very white more like detail photos and so my feed literally goes from looking super dark and like contrasty to looking super bright 
less contrast, very neutral. And I just remember I did that. And so, like, this is over the span of, like, a month or so, two months, something like that. And I was just kind of like, okay, well, now I'm confused because if you were to look at my Instagram a month or two ago, you would think I'm a super dark and moody photographer. And now if you look at it, you'd think I'm a light and airy photographer. And so I'm like, what... Uh, what is real then? So I had a kind of this identity crisis because I was like, how do I edit? What even is my style? What What is all of that? And I realized that my editing is consistent. It just depends on which photos I choose to post. And so if I choose to post one from the sand dunes where it's mostly sand and sky showing, of course, it's going to look a lot more bright and neutral. But then I decide to post one that's in the woods at sunset. And so there's tons of colors happening. It's darker, all this stuff. Like, it just depends which photo I choose to post from a session, how the vibe is. And I, I'm i okay with having, like, I don't want every single picture to look the same and every single session to look the same. So, I love the way that my editing is and how consistent it is. But with Instagram, it's so easy to, like, trick people. Not on purpose, but, like, I feel like I was just misleading people, saying, thinking that my style was so dark and then thinking my style was so light. And I was like, what even is my style? And so... After that, I kind of, I talked to my stories a bit about this and I was like, I'm realizing how important it is to make sure that clients are able to see full galleries. And so I still need to even make sure I do a better job of this when people inquire to, even if they don't ask to see a full gallery, I need to make sure that I send them one just so that they can clearly see what my style looks like in a whole day. And so what I'm getting at is when you are looking at photographers, ask to see full galleries of theirs because you can see what a full day looks like. The other thing is there's a lot of styled shoots that happen. If you don't know what a styled shoot is, is basically photographers or vendors will set up a fake wedding or fake elopement or something to just get creative, have fun, get more work for their portfolio, practice, different posing, just have fun with it. And I think styled shoots are great. I do them all the time. I do model calls. I do shoots for fun. I think they're awesome. But I also think that it's good to be transparent and as much as, yeah, you should just own it and act like it's a wedding. If somebody asks, if you have a client asking, is that a real wedding? No, be honest. Oh, no, it was a styled shoot. Like, that wasn't a real wedding. This isn't real. And if you, the only full galleries you're getting from your photographer that you're reaching out to are styled shoots, I think that's a bit of a red flag because it just doesn't show what you actually work like on the day of. Like, how are you getting photos of guests? How are you documenting the getting ready process? How many family photos are you getting? What are you getting at the reception? There's just so many, so many different things that I think is really important to see within a full gallery. So if you are considering someone, I would definitely ask to see their full galleries. Like I said, just looking at their Instagram can be fake a little bit. And I'm literally saying that as a photographer myself because I feel like sometimes I'm I, I was misleading and sometimes I look dark and moody, sometimes I look light and airy. I don't even, I don't even know. And so now I've gotten to the point where I truly just post the photos that I love and my, I feel like my feed is more consistent and more me than it's been in a long time. And I love that because it's all over the place. There's greens, there's blues, there's oranges, there's reds, there's browns, there's gray, like there's everything within my feed because I shoot everything. I shoot all over the place and instead of trying to be like oh I want my feed to look like super consistent and look super warm okay well not every single session has the warm sun at sunset happening like sometimes I'm taking pictures in the middle of the day at a wedding or sometimes it's overcast and so 
I got to the point where I was like, stop trying to curate it and literally just post photos from each session or wedding and then it will look real. And now I feel like my feed is the most representative of me that it's been. So if you're a wedding photographer and you've been struggling with that, that's my advice on that. But if you're a client and you're looking at wedding photographers, just definitely ask to see full galleries. Okay, that's all about checking out their style. Another huge thing that you want to do is get to know their personality. So most of my couples and my clients hire me not solely based on my photos, but because of my personality and the fact that they want to work with me as a person as well. So I am very, have usually, have always been pretty outspoken myself, talkative on my Instagram stories, in my Instagram captions. I've just been, always been very authentic. And so a lot of people will say, like, I literally just did a session last week and she was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I already know you. Like we got drinks before their session and they were just saying, I feel like we have already known each, I've already known you for so long, even though, like, you don't even really know me that well, and I'm like, no, like, and that's the point, is that I want you guys to feel like you know me when you hire me, so that you already know that we're gonna mesh well, you already know that we're gonna vibe well. Personally, I would never just hire a photographer without knowing anything about their personality, because I want to know what they're like. For me, I probably am not going to mesh well with a photographer who is super quiet, laid back, just like a fly in the wall type, doesn't really give direction, isn't very outgoing, isn't very, like, I'm a very loud outgoing person when I work, and so I would want someone that's kind of similar to that, and so I guess my advice for getting to know their personality would just be to try to follow them on social media for a little bit first. Maybe you already have been following them when you decide to reach out, or maybe you're looking for people and you stumble upon them, and you're like, well, like, let me, like, catch up on their stories or let me see their highlights. Let me scroll back in their feed and see if they've posted anything recently that talks about their life or how they view things. I'm very myself. I'm very all over the place. I post up a lot about my life. I post a lot about what I'm doing. I'm open about the fact that I'm going out and drinking and I like to hang out with my friends and I don't like to work all the time. And I'm, I'm very, very myself on social media. And I feel like that draws in the clients that I want because I'm probably not going to want someone who's super conservative, super not okay with me swearing, not okay with me being loud, not okay with me talking about drinking. Like, those are parts of my life and I'm not going to hide that. I'm, I've always been a very outspoken, not even outspoken, just like very myself. Like, I'm not going to hide parts of myself for you. And so, if you don't want to work with me because of that, I am not offended. Like, again, I don't want people to take this the wrong way that I'm like talking badly about people that won't hire me because of my personality there is a right photographer out there for you. I'm not at all offended if you go with someone that fits your personality more because I want you to have the greatest day of your life as well. Like, I want your wedding to be an amazing day with the perfect vendors for you. And if you just want someone who's more quiet, that's not going to be me and that won't be the perfect fit for your day. And I want you to have the perfect fit for your day. So, I'm not offended if people don't hire me because of my personality. That's why I put it out there. I want people to be very aware of who they're hiring before they even hire me. And so I, you can also read about people on their websites, read their about me. That usually will help you get to know them a little bit more. Check out the reviews on Google. Really just ask yourself, do you want just a vendor who is going to show up on the day of, take your photos and be done? Or do you want someone who is going to be an actual part of your day, become your best friend? You're going to have a real relationship with them. You're going to talk to them over the months or year of planning. What do you want? Ask yourself that. Me personally, I don't want just a vendor. I want someone who's my best friend not my actual best friend, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I want someone who we become besties by the end of it and we actually enjoy talking to each other. And it's not, like, for me, 99% of my clients, I actually 
just text about everything and we have a relationship outside of just me being their photographer. I literally got drinks with a couple last week before their session to get to know them, but also because I'm like, I want, I want you to feel like we're friends. Like, I want this to be a whole experience for you. And so, if that's important to you, having an actual experience and not just getting pretty photos at the end, then think about that too when you're looking for someone. Look at what they, how they, their copy on their website, which I'm saying that as my website is literally not even redone yet. It's getting redone in a few months, or next month actually, but my website right now is not that great. But there's a, take a look as much as you can um, on their websites and social media and just figure out their personality, figure out if you think you would mesh well. And even if you think you might and you're not really sure, maybe just ask them to hop on a call to go over their packages or go over what the next steps are. And then that way you can kind of talk to them in person a little bit and see if you guys mesh well. So when you're actually talking to the photographers and getting closer to booking them, that's when you need to start asking about what's included. So do they have set packages? Do they have custom packages? For me, I have custom packages. So when somebody inquires, they fill my contact form, I get back with them and tell them a little bit more about me and my shooting style. And then we go, th- then I give them a list of days in the next, or list of times in the next couple days that we could hop on a call and just go over more details for the day. Then after I get more details about their day, what they're looking for, I'll make them two to three custom packages, send them over, and then they can choose from there. Because for me, I just, I didn't really like doing set packages. I did it for a little bit and I just realized that I was constantly having to change packages for people. It was, but then I didn't want to change them. I would have them set, but then it just felt like I was ripping people off or including things they didn't need. And it just, it seemed to be extra annoying. And so, this is a little bit more work. Sometimes you do have calls with people and they don't book you, so you put an hour of time into them and it sucks that you don't get anything out of it. But in the end, I feel like it's better as a vendor and just for my, for my client experience for people to actually, like, to get in a real custom package rather than just a package thrown at them. And I'm not saying that just set packages don't work. I think that they work really well for some photographers and for some clients that works perfectly for them. For me, I just do custom. So what I'm getting at is just ask them how their experiences, what you have to do next, all of that. And then you can also ask them about their turnaround time. I feel like that's been a big thing that's been talked about in the industry lately or I've heard a lot of clients talk about is that they get frustrated. Well, my photographer, it's been four weeks and I haven't gotten my gallery back yet. Well, what does their contract say? What did they say? So for me, my contract for wedding is weddings is six to ten weeks. Do I aim to get them back in like four to six? Yes, yes, I do. But in the summer, it gets super busy during busy season, and I am very clear about the fact that I'm like it's it could be up to ten weeks. I don't think I've ever actually had it be ten weeks. The longest I've ever had it be is eight. But I just want to be clear with you that it could be that long. And at the end of the day you're going to get your pictures either way. What's it matter if it's four weeks or if it's eight eight weeks or ten weeks? Clearly, it sucks because you're just anxious and you want to get them back, but at the end of the day, it's two months of your life for a lifetime to have those photos. That's just my opinion. I know how anxious it can be to get them back. I've had my photos done before and I'm like immediately excited to get them back, but at the same time, I know that they're, my photographer is doing a lot more. So, at the end of the day, just confirm their turnaround time. Ask them, as long as the photographer's up front about it, shouldn't be a problem. It's just when they say, oh, yeah, it'll be back in four weeks. Well, then it's eight weeks later and you're asking them every day about it and they just keep making up excuses. So, 
just overall over communication and being very clear about expectations from the beginning is a very green flag with photographers. I think another really big green flag is that when you email them or you ask them a question, they they send you, they answer all of your questions before you even know that those need to be answered. So for me, I try to answer as many questions as I can when I send over my initial email. And then when I send over my pricing brochure, I include a lot more information there about the next steps for booking and definitely going to be including a lot of that on my website as well, just so people at first glance can get, can get that information and they don't have to go digging for all that information. So I think just a big green flag is that if you are seeing all this upfront information on their website in their first initial email, you can see that they're probably pretty good at communicating and they would probably be a pretty good fit. About pricing, I know I talked a little bit about budget earlier, but like I said, be realistic with your budget. When you're looking at photographers and you want to inquire with them, just check out their website first and see if they have starting prices or prices on their website. For me, I have starting prices on there. My eight-hour package for wedding starts at $3,000. It's it's very big. It's on my website. It's in the pricing thing. Like, you can see it very clearly. And I still have people reach out sometimes saying that their budget is $2,000. And I'm like, I am totally not shaming you for having that size of a budget. There is no wrong budget as long as you're clear about it and you're realistic about it. Don't inquire with people over and over again who clearly have a higher starting price. Like for me, it's just a, wa- it's a waste of your time and it's a waste of mine. Like I'm not even, what's even the point of me responding other than to say, unfortunately, I'm out of your budget. Like I don't, it's really hard for me because I'm not trying to be rude, but it's also like if you take the two seconds to look at what people's starting prices are, then you don't have to waste your time filling out my contact form, getting in touch with me for me to just say I'm out of budget. Trying to negotiate photographers' prices is, is, is not okay. Like you, they have their prices for a set reason. It's the cost of doing business. It's what they need to sustain their life, to make a living. And so you trying to negotiate with them, their hourly rate or their price, it's not, it's just not a, it's not an okay thing to do. So just be realistic about your price. Check out people's starting prices before you go inquiring. If they're out of your budget, no worries. Go find somebody else. There are, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, there is a photographer within everybody's budget. There are photographers ranging from $500 for the day to $10,000 for the day. So it just depends on how important photography is to you, how important the experience is to you, and how important it is on who you hire. Another quick thing about pricing, just think about, yeah, like I said, think about if they're in your budget, are you willing to push your budget for the right fit, and then think about where they're located. So I personally am a traveling photographer. I'll go wherever. Obviously, you just have to pay for my travel, and so think about, okay, do you have someone that you love that is states away? Are you willing to pay for travel? Are you willing to maybe push your budget for that? Are you willing to include that in your budget? Just think about all those things before you go reaching out to photographers or before you go trying to book them and then getting shocked that their price is what it is. You just have to be upfront and realistic on your end. Okay, I think those are all kind of like my tips for picking a photographer. I guess now for finding one, if you don't have someone already in mind when you get engaged or when you're getting married or you don't have someone that your friend used or anything, I guess like the best ways that I've had people find me is through hashtags. So let's say you're getting married in Grand Rapids. So you search Grand Rapids wedding photographer or Grand Rapids elopement photographer, Grand Rapids photographer, search any of those hashtags and that'll be a pretty easy way to find some good photographers. You can also just search on Google 
literally Grand Rapids wedding photographer, wedding photographers in Michigan, Midwest wedding photographers, depends how crazy you want to get. See what comes up on Google. You know, again, you can ask your friends who they use, or maybe you're at your friend's wedding and you love the photographer there. Ask them who it was, and then you could use them. Another thing that a lot of couples tend to do is post in Facebook groups. I think this can be done, and it can be very helpful, but it just needs to be done well. So, what I mean by that is that you need to be detailed. Like I said earlier, you need to make have clear expectations, have be realistic about what you want, and when you're making a Facebook post, be as detailed as possible because every photographer will come out of the woodwork and comment on your posts trying to get you to book them. And so the more detailed you are in their posts, the more you can kind of weed these photographers out. I've seen posts that are just like, wedding, I'm looking in search of a photographer for July 22nd, need someone who doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Okay, well... An arm and a leg is not something that any photographer charges, so let's be realistic about your prices. Is an arm and a leg for you $1,000 or is that $5,000? I don't know. The photographers don't know. None of us know. So be realistic about it. Just say, my budget is $2,500. Perfect. My budget is $5,000. Perfect. Now everybody knows. So for me, if I see a post that says my budget is $2,500, I'm not going to comment on it because it's a waste of both of our times. It's a, I know that my prices aren't that are my prices start higher than that and they clearly have a budget and so for me I won't and if I do comment I'll just say hey I'm available my prices start at 3000 which I know is a little bit out of your budget and I totally understand if that's too far out but just figured I would throw my hat in the ring anyway something like that you know what I'm saying so just be realistic about it say where your wedding is the date of the wedding what your budget is what you like style-wise, if you know what you like style-wise, something more true to life, not true to life, whatever it is, someone who does more pose photos, someone who does more candid photos. Say say as many details as you can in that Facebook post so that you can weed out people who don't fit that and then hopefully actually find someone that is helpful. I've booked clients and people's weddings from commenting on Facebook posts so you will you can find someone there for sure it can be super helpful but be prepared to be very overwhelmed with a lot of responses there's Facebook groups like um like Michigan Brides to Be that's a Michigan one there I'm in like tons of different state ones there's Colorado Brides to Be or Brides in Colorado I think it is um Illinois Wedding Planning something like that there's like tons of different ones in each state so you can find those for yourself to comment it or to post in but yeah, I feel like that's a lot of what I have to say about finding a wedding photographer. Hopefully that was somewhat helpful. Again, you can use a lot of these tips and kind of put them towards finding any type of photographer. Bottom line, just be realistic about what you're looking for. Don't waste your time. Don't waste other people's time. Be be upfront and just be over communicative from the beginning. And I think that's a really great way to find someone that fits you and just don't be afraid to literally just search and search and search. You might talk to a few that you don't like and that you really would not be a good fit with, but I think that's how you find the perfect person. I've had people that have reached out and said, oh my gosh, I've been looking for weeks and I finally just found you and it just feels right. And I think that's the other thing is like when you find the right photographer, it's going to feel right. Like when you hop on the call with them or when you see their Instagram and see everything about like it'll just feel right to you and so don't be afraid to just keep looking you don't have to book if you just got engaged you don't have to book them immediately you can take your time have fun with the engagement process 
find someone that actually fits you. I feel like that's kind of all I got. Hopefully, again, hopefully that was very helpful and can help you guys in finding your wedding photographer if you're looking, if you're not looking. Maybe this will help you in the future. I know it'll help me in the future because I I definitely will need to find my own wedding photographer someday because I have no idea. I feel like people always ask me that, like as a photographer, who who would you choose? I don't know. I literally have no clue because I love so, so many photographers. And I think I said the word photographers in here. I hope somebody counted. Somebody should count because it was probably like 50 times. I feel like I said it so many times. All right. That's all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. It means the absolute world to me that you're here. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and subscribe and follow the podcast and turn on those post notifications. And then you can head over to my Instagram and follow along at that's all pod. You can also follow along at Morgan Gust underscore because that is my photography business account. And so if you're interested more in photography about my photography page, go ahead and follow that. I'll be posting any updates over there on my That's All Pod Instagram. Plus, if you love this and you want to hear more episodes, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. I promise that helps me so much. I love you all so much already, and I can't wait to chat with you next week. That's all. Bye.